Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 21st is Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 62. The Transfiguration the very appearance of Jesus is changed before a few of the disciples as he meets with men who had passed away thousands of years before. About eight days after Jesus tells the disciples, anyone who wants to follow him must pick up their cross daily, must crucify their flesh every day in order to follow Jesus. He takes a select few, Peter, John, and James, goes up on a mountain to pray. The disciples are asleep, and as Jesus was praying, his appearance changed. His skin tone became dazzling white. His clothes became dazzling white, and Moses and Elijah appeared with him. Moses handed down the law. Elijah was premier of the prophets. Nobody had done the things Elijah had done prior to him. And so the chosen one of God, the beloved, who is grace and truth, is now meeting with the law and the prophets, and they are discussing his departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. So we're coming up to the culmination of Jesus' earthly ministry, where he's about to be handed over to be crucified, to pay the penalty for sin, and to conquer sin and death through his resurrection. He's been warning his disciples about this. They don't grasp it. Nobody could possibly have grasped it. And as the disciples are waking up, Peter says, Let's make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. How did he know it was Moses and Elijah? I doubt they were wearing name tags. They didn't have photographs of what those men looked like. It must have been revealed to him. Very often, spiritual truth is revealed to us when we gaze upon it, when we study the Word of God. Jesus was the manifestation of the Word of God. He was the Word made flesh. As Peter was there staring at the Word, listening to the Word, as the Word conversed with the law and the prophets, he was receiving revelation. It's when we receive the revelation from the Word of God, enlightened and quickened by the Spirit of God, we begin to learn new things and we feel more alive than we've ever felt before. While Peter is speaking, a cloud envelops them, it covers them, like on the mountaintop when Moses went up to meet with God. The voice of God comes from within the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Some manuscripts say, this is the chosen one, my beloved, and all the manuscripts agree. Listen to him. The litmus test for every revelation is, does it glorify and magnify Jesus Christ? The next day, as they're coming down the mountain, Jesus is approached by a man who's desperate to receive help for his son, who suffers from epilepsy. 
the man had asked Jesus' disciples to cast the demon out of the boy, but they were unable. And Jesus says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long must I be with you? The words used imply that he was surprised, even shocked, by their inability to advance the kingdom of heaven. And while many of us may be quick to judge the disciples in their heart, they were walking with Jesus for three years at this point. What is the matter with these guys? I think we must be careful to rush to that kind of judgment until we have 100% success rate of driving out demons ourselves. One of the problems we face in this society today is that nobody really believes in demons anymore. There's a medical explanation for everything. But it's interesting when Jesus says, bring the boy to me, as they are bringing the boy, he, the demon manifests. It says in Mark 9, 20, when the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus doesn't immediately heal. He asks the father, how long has this been going on? The man says from his childhood, it tries to kill him. It throws him into water. It throws him into fire. Please have compassion. If, if there's anything you can do, please help us. Jesus said, if, if I can help you, anything's possible for those who believe. The man's famous response says, I do believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I have, I have faith that you can. I just, I'm not sure if you will. How often have you prayed that? God, I know you're able to do all things. I'm just not sure that you will give me what I want or what I need. Jesus' response to you today, to me, is the same as it was 2,000 years ago to this man with the tormented son. Everything is possible for those who believe, and our response should be the same. I do believe, Father, help my unbelief. After the boy is set free, the demon is cast out. The disciples come to Jesus and say, why weren't we able to deliver him? We tried. It didn't work. Jesus said this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. In Matthew's account, chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, because of your little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. He's not talking about moving physical mountains. You're not going to get Mount Rushmore to be thrown into the Pacific Ocean because you have faith the size of a mustard seed. He's talking about an immovable object in the spirit realm, a demon, a principality, a power that you should not have authority over according to this natural realm. And you're just an ordinary person. But Jesus says, when you have faith the size of a mustard seed, remember the parable of the mustard seed. It's the smallest of the seeds, but as it's planted and as it grows in the garden, it becomes the largest plant like a tree and the birds of the air come and make their nests in it and it provides shade for the entire garden. It starts off as the smallest part and it becomes the biggest part. So it is with the kingdom of heaven in our hearts. It starts off small, but as it grows, it becomes the most important thing in our lives. It becomes the most important thing in our lives. As we grow in the kingdom of heaven, it becomes more and more a part of us. Like the proverb, the path of the righteous is like the rising sun. 
becoming ever brighter until the full light of day. As we grow, we have more authority. By prayer and fasting, in Mark's account, he's referring to the idea that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Spend time in the Scripture. Spend time praying. Spend time fasting. Fasting is denying the flesh and feeding the Spirit. Deny your flesh, man. Feed your spirit, man. Grow in the kingdom of heaven. Become more like Jesus. Grow in your understanding. You'll grow in your authority, and you'll have power over even most monumental spiritual forces. In Luke 9.43, everyone's amazed at the wonderful works of God that Jesus is performing. And then he takes his disciples aside and he begins telling them again that he's about to be taken and killed. They don't understand. They hadn't received the revelation. They heard the words, but they hadn't meditated on it. They hadn't prayed for understanding, and they were afraid to ask him. I think it's very important that we link verse 45 with verse 46. They were afraid to ask him about his words. Why were they afraid? Because they were afraid. The very next verse says a fight broke out among them because they were arguing about who was the greatest. Now, usually arguments aren't intentionally set. Usually it's because of one person being selfish or short-sighted and sharing their opinion when they probably shouldn't. I wonder if one of the disciples who had been up on the Mount of Transfiguration felt like they were spiritually closer to Jesus, better than the others, and so an argument broke out among them, and Jesus quashes it by taking a little child, standing the child in the midst of them, and saying, this is the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. If you welcome me, you welcome my Father. This is greatness. It's not about you. It's about what you can do for others. It's about how you can make other people feel. That welcoming has to do with being hospitable, but it's really the attention you place on that other person. It's making them understand that you're excited they are in your presence. It's making them feel as though you love them and their presence is a highlight in your day. In Luke 9.40, John says to Jesus, I saw somebody driving out demons in your name, but they weren't one of us, so I told them to stop. Jesus said, don't tell them to stop. Whoever is not against us is for us. We have the same mission. We're advancing the kingdom of heaven. Who cares if they don't have our name badge, if they don't go to our church? They're doing the work of the ministry. Let's not stop them. Let's not even bash them. Let's not warn people not to follow them. Let's rejoice that they are all about the mission of advancing the kingdom of heaven and driving out demons. And even if it doesn't look exactly the way we do it, Let's be grateful that God heard our prayer when we asked for more workers for the harvest. We today could apply this as we stop bashing the ministries we don't agree with and start learning from them. As upsetting as it might be to hear this for some of you, the Baptists could learn a whole lot from the Pentecostals. The Pentecostals could learn a whole lot from the Presbyterians. We need each other, friends. Let's be a student of one another and not a critic. 
many people want to follow Jesus and their expression of discipleship is going to be a lot different from our own. God designed it that way. And we must get to a level of maturity where we can accept people for where they are, for how they do it. And as long as they are training people in the truth, we should be rejoicing. It is fundamentally important that we point people to the scriptures for themselves. They don't take our word for it, just like you should never take my word for it. If I say anything that causes you to think that rubs you the wrong way, go to scripture yourself, find where I have gone wrong, and bring it to me. It is the proper thing to do. It is the loving thing to do. And it's what we are told to do. And by doing this, friends, we will achieve greatness in the kingdom. For the glory of God, for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven on this earth, God bless you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.